your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 611 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That song you're hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online. Where the game starts. And guys, the streak is over. And if you don't know what streak that I'm talking about, don't worry because I'm sure that during last night's broadcast, really before, during, and after last night's broadcast, ESPN made certain to remind you of this streak no fewer than 782 times. That, of course, being the streak that the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, had won 18 consecutive Stanley Cup playoff games that followed a loss by the Lightning in the preceding game. And look, I said this on Twitter. I'll be the first one to say it right here, right now. That is a tremendously impressive streak. I think the Lightning certainly deserve to be commended about that. It's not something that I think we're going to see anytime soon. And clearly that means it's a resilient team. They tend to bounce back when they have a game that's, you know, not them at their best. That's all well and good and everything. But the issue that I had was just how everybody was acting like it was this insurmountable hurdle for the Rangers to clear. Even if you watch uh, the pregame on ESPN, you know, Mika Zibanejad was on the bench and he was doing a, you know, a quick interview with all the analysts back in the studio there. And basically, the only thing that they kept asking him was about this streak that Tampa Bay had. And, you know, Mika, he pretty much answered it the way that you would expect him to answer it. He was just kind of like, yeah, you know, that's cool and everything, but we're here to play hockey. I mean, I'm paraphrasing there, obviously, but he wasn't putting too much stock into it. You can't put too much stock into it if you're an opposing player. I mean, basically, it's a hockey game. You know, you got to go out there and win it. What the Lightning have done the last 18 times that they've you know, lost a game, how they've bounced back from it. That isn't anybody's concern if you're on the Rangers going into this game here tonight. And the Rangers were excellent in this game. Uh, they win 3-2. to two. They now have a two games to none lead on the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions. And, you know, for all this talk, once again, about how uh, Tampa Bay, you know, they had nine days off. They're going to be fresh. They're going to be basically skating circles around the New York Rangers. The exact opposite has happened in these first two games here. The Rangers uh, just look like the faster team. They're the team that's winning all the 50-50 battles. They're winning board battles. They're even winning face-offs. They won 60% of their face-offs in Game 1, uh, back down to just 42% in Game 2. But you know what? Beggars can't be choosers. The fact that the Rangers are right around 50% success rate in the face-off circle in the first two games, I think we certainly got to sign up for that. Uh, but yeah, again, you know, the Rangers were just the flat-out better team, so much so that it's kind of surprising, really, that they only won this game 3-2, to two, you know, and as this game was unfolding, I thought the Rangers had a really good second period. They were up 2-1 to one that entire period. That was a score going into the period. That period ended up being scoreless, so that was also the score going into the third. Uh, and, and, you know, I guess there's a little bit of concern about, you know, hey, the Rangers, they're, they're skating circles around these guys, and yet they only had this one-goal lead here. Eventually, it went to a two-goal lead. Tampa cut it back down to one before their rally fell short at the end, and we'll talk about that a little bit more uh, in due time here. But, you know, honestly, guys, you know, you watch these games in the playoffs, and there's such a tendency to fixate on, like, okay, what's the series score, and what's the score in this game? Okay, the Rangers are up by goal. How much time is left? Can we run out the clock here? I wasn't really too concerned with that. The Rangers are playing such good hockey right now, and I think we can safely say 
you know, starting maybe at game six against the Canes, you could maybe include the whole playoffs, but certainly from game six against the Canes rep to where we are now, this is the best hockey that the Rangers have played all season. And I'm just enjoying it. I'm just enjoying watching this team going out there and competing and just playing awesome hockey and basically dominating the Tampa Bay Lightning and all facets of the game. And, you know, I will be the first to say Tampa's a great team. They're going home for games three and four. This series is not over yet, not yet by a long shot, but I think if you're a Ranger fan, you couldn't ask for a much better start than the one that we've gotten uh, so far here. And, you know, it is funny, though, because going into the series, I, I touched on this just a second ago, but, you know, the fact that the Lightning had nine days off between the two series, that was the reason why they were going to dominate the Rangers. Now, all of a sudden, you listen to analysts talk about it, and that's the reason why, you know, Tampa Bay isn't at the top of their game, why they just don't seem sharp out there, because they had too much rest. And that might very well be true, but again, it kind of goes back to this this thing where, you know, whether it's ESPN or other analysts or, or just people on social media, whatever it might be, nobody wants to give the Rangers any due. Nobody wants to give the Rangers any respect. I don't know if it's maybe because coming into the season, pretty much nobody would have picked the Rangers to be in the Eastern Conference Final. And on top of that, with a two games to none lead against the Tampa Bay Lightning. And maybe there are certain analysts that resent teams that do this because if a team like the Rangers comes out of left field and wins a Stanley Cup, then it kind of uh, devalues or kind of uh, invalidates the opinions and analysis of these analysts going into the season. You know, all these people that thought the Rangers wouldn't even be a playoff team, maybe, uh, you know, it makes them look bad if they win. I don't know. I'm just throwing out ideas. Maybe I'm overdoing it even a little bit, but it does seem like, you know, overall there's been a complete lack of respect for this team pretty much this entire playoff run, really the entire season. And, you know, I thought by now, at least, they'd start to be getting their due. But it feels like, you know, whether the Rangers are playing the Penguins in the first round or the Canes in the second round or the Lightning right here, right now, it's almost like a lot of people just think that the Rangers are there to help some other team tell its story. You know, the story of the Penguins. Oh, man, Crosby and Latang and Malkin and Latang and Malkin are both impending free agents. And, man, this team, they're going to go on one more run. And, you know, the Rangers are just kind of there. And the Rangers beat them. And then, you know, against the Canes, it's that, man, the Canes, you know, they've been knocking on the door these past couple of years. They've been on the verge of greatness there. Rod Brendan Moore is such an awesome coach. They could win a championship. And the Rangers are just kind of there. They're just there to help the Canes tell their story. And even now against the Lightning, the Lightning going for three straight Stanley Cups and, you know, that's a mini dynasty. We don't see this happen very often. It's been a very, very long time since we've seen a team win three straight Stanley Cups. In fact, I think you'd have to go all the way back to the 80s when the Islanders won four in a row. We don't really need to get into that. But yeah, again, it's like the Rangers are just there to help Tampa Bay tell their story. Well, I got news for everybody that feels that way. The Rangers are writing their own story right now, and it's a heck of a story. And I don't know how this thing is going to shake out. Like I said, there's a long, long way to go in this series. You got to figure there's going to be some pushback from Tampa at one point or another. But everybody who's, you know, just the Rangers, you know, they're just kind of there to, you know, build a narrative for some some other team. That's not the case. The Rangers are right there. They are among the elite teams in the NHL. And it helps, obviously, that the Rangers right now healthier than they've been all season. And again, just playing better hockey than they've played all season. And something that I've talked about on here in the past and something I'll go back to right now, for everybody that, once again, thinks that the Rangers are playing over their heads or they're overrated or they don't deserve to be here or this, that, or the other thing, I invite anyone listening to this who feels that way, and I'm not even, like, being a smartass here. Like, I'm I'm being legit. I invite anyone. I would love to have this conversation with somebody. Show me a weakness on this New York Ranger team. Show me a reason or, or some glaring deficiency about this New York Ranger team that suggests to you that, A, they don't belong to be here, they don't deserve to be here, or, B, that there's no way that they can possibly, you know, complete this run and win the Stanley Cup because I got nothing. I don't see a weakness on this team. You got the best goalie in the universe. You've got... 
you know, a defenseman who just won uh, the Norris last season. You've got the best quartet of defensemen in the league. And, you know, while we're talking about the defensemen, I think earlier this season, if you asked me a weakness about the New York Rangers, something that I probably could have and would have pointed to would have been the third defense pairing because we saw quite the revolving door there involving the fifth and sixth defenseman spots on the Rangers. Obviously, Patrick Nemeth was there and, you know, ups and downs this season, probably a few more downs and ups. Uh, you had Jared Tenorti out there on opening night. They gave Nils Lundqvist a chance. He ended up going back to the minors and not going to give up on Nils Lundqvist, but clearly he was not ready for prime time, at least not yet. Uh, Libor Hayek, you know, a couple of games for him. And Zach Jones, who I like as well, a couple of games for him. But now you look at this and Braden Schneider gets called up and he's been solid as a rock back there. He took the bull by the horns. There was an opportunity to be had. He made sure that he was never getting sent back down to the Hartford Wolfpack, played some excellent hockey down the stretch and has continued that into the postseason. And the other you know, final defenseman spot is now occupied by Justin Braun. And once again, I got to give you guys credit because I was not really feeling that trade when the Rangers did it. Maybe part of it was he's coming over from the Flyers. But to me, it was just kind of like, uh, okay, we're bringing in Justin Braun. He's kind of older. Is he even as good as he used to be? Uh, is he that much of an upgrade on Nemeth? Well, yes, he is definitely an upgrade on Nemeth. Nothing flashy about him, just does his job. Uh, but again, I don't think he can point to the defenseman at all as, you know, being a weakness for the Rangers at this point. And something else that I would have said you know, if, if you ask me this around midseason, you know, weakness for the Rangers is probably just depth in general, but specifically scoring depth. And that has been solved by this incredible emergence from the kid line. That's your third line. And at times, and including last night's game, they've been the best line on the ice for the New York Rangers at different points in this in this playoff run here. And so I don't think you can point to that anymore. And the fourth line is just a ton of fun. You know, Tyler Mott is just a buzzsaw out there. You know, he, he's a tough guy to play against. Plays every single shift like his, his last. You got to like that. Ryan Reeves, we know what he does. He goes out there, throws his weight around, acts like an enforcer. And uh, Barclay Goodrow, it's been awesome to have him back in the lineup. An excellent defensive forward. And Barclay Goodrow, before this playoff run is, is over, he's going to put at least one puck in the net. And it's probably going to be in a big spot. I, I really have that gut feeling that we'll see him do something. So, again, I invite anybody. And I'm not even, like, again, trying to be, like, snarky about this or whatever word you want to use. I legit would like someone to tell me what they believe is a weakness here. So we're going to get into the highlights and lowlights of this game in just a second here. But first, I just want to let everybody know today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Athletic Greens. I use Athletic Greens literally every day. I started taking it because I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great, and I wanted to see what all the hype was about. Now I've been on it for several months, and I love it. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy. It kind of has a mild tropical taste that I actually look forward to each morning. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you are absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and aptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It is lifestyle-friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It costs less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it is cheaper than your cold brew habit. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network 
to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, just want to thank you guys for making Lockdown New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, and we have an important favor to ask you. We've put together a survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite Lockdown podcasts even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and what you don't like about Lockdown podcasts. Go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long, and everyone that completes a survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. To take our audience survey, go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey. Thanks for your help. So another quick fun fact for you guys before we once again dive into the highlights and lowlights from this game here is that the Rangers have not taken a two-games-to-none series lead by winning the first two games of a series at home since they did so in 1994. That was in the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs against the Washington Capitals. We know what happened uh, the rest of the, the way that season, just a crazy run to the Stanley Cup. Uh, they have done it on the road a couple of times since then. I can remember the Caps, and I think it was 2011. The Rangers went up 2-0 in that series. Unfortunately, they ended up losing that series. The Rangers were the 7 seed that year. The Caps were the 2 seed. And then also, in 2008, I believe it was, the Rangers were the 5 seed. Devils were the 4 seed. Rangers went into New Jersey, won games 1 and 2, and ended up winning that series in 5 games. So just a little piece of trivia for you, and uh, just very nice to see the Rangers finally accomplish that feat, holding serve and winning the first two games of a Stanley Cup playoff series in Madison Square Garden. But yeah, to get to this game here, you can't go much farther into this episode without talking about the kid line. It's just been an absolute joy to watch them grow up right before our very eyes. I realize ESPN's coverage of hockey has uh, left something to be desired, but I will say in game one, uh, the play-by-play guy had an excellent call. Uh, You know, it was that shift that the Rangers had the puck in the Tampa zone for more than a minute, and he said, the kid line, growing up before our very eyes, and then just a couple of seconds later, Filipino scored. Uh, But they came through with another goal in this game. They ended up uh, scoring in the first period, and that gave the Rangers their first lead of the game, what turned out to be their last lead of the game. You had Capo Caco uh, lighting the lamp, which is 228 to go in the first period. But it's not just the goals and the points and whatnot. It's their playing in Tampa's end or, you know, the the previous series against uh, Pittsburgh and Carolina, it seems like every time they're on the ice, they're in the attacking zone. They're cycling the puck. They're making things happen. They're refusing to give up possession of the puck. They're creating some good scoring opportunities. The three of them seem very, very comfortable together, far more than they did at any point last season because we saw the kid line get thrown together uh, for different chunks of last season. And I don't know, for one reason or another, I just never felt like the chemistry was there. I thought all three of those players were better off on a different line. You know, I, I thought, you know, whether it was Kako, Lafreniere, or Hedl, that all three of them tended to play a little bit better when they were uh, with different line mates. But they've clearly found the chemistry if it was lacking at all last season. And again, they are an absolute uh, threat to score every single time they're on the ice. So it's been awesome to see uh, the Rangers once again getting some depth scoring and seeing those kids, you know, start to potentially reach uh, their ceiling in the NHL and probably just scratching the surface on what they can do so far. You know, while we're talking about the kid line, we might as well go ahead and talk about the goal that they scored in this game. I just mentioned a second ago, but obviously it gave the Rangers a 2-1 to lead, put them on top for good late in the first period. But one of two goals that the Rangers scored, both goals that they scored in the first period were a result of, you know, them creating a second or maybe even a third chance opportunity here. The Rangers, again, just swarming to the loose puck and winning all those 50-50 pucks and frankly just outworking the Tampa Bay Lightning, at least thus far in the series. So on this play... 
You've got Adam Fox moving up the right side, making a nice move around a defender, and then sending a pass across the ice to Alexi Lafreniere. Lafreniere is looking for the tipping goal. He puts it off the post, which was really unfortunate because you, you thought that was a goal there. It just looked like it was set up, and uh, Lafreniere was going to bury this. Wasn't quite able to do so. Missed the go-ahead goal by just a matter of inches there, an inch or two probably to be exact. But the Rangers don't dwell on it. You've got Philip Hedl going and recovering the loose puck that's along the boards on the right side. Heedle circles back toward the blue line and then passes kind of diagonally to the left faceoff circle. Adam Fox is pinched in there. And great play by Adam Fox here because he really sold the fact that he was going to go for a one-timer. And if you watch the replay, uh, the Tampa defenseman kind of goes down to one knee looking to block the shot. But instead of one-timing it, uh, he basically, you know, played it back in the same direction that the pass came from. Uh, just quickly, you know, moved it to his right and then passes into the crease to Capo Caco, right across the top of the crease there, and Caco Johnny on the spot, he deflects it into the net. So just great stuff all around by the Rangers here. Uh, once again, just outworking Tampa for this goal, not dwelling on the fact that they just hit a post, and capitalizing on a second-chance opportunity. And while we're on the subject of second-chance opportunities, we might as well back up to the first goal that the Rangers scored in the first period. And this one, of course, came courtesy of Keandre Miller. This all gets started when Tampa turns the puck over in the Rangers zone. Jacob Truba, you know, intercepts a pass in front of the Ranger net. He starts to move it into the neutral zone. Excellent passing in the neutral zone here by the Rangers. Uh, Truba with a, kind of a shorter pass to his left to Chris Kreider. Kreider is right around the red line when he passes across the ice to Frank Vetrano. Vetrano uh, gains the blue line up the right side along the boards, hits the brakes, passes back to Keandre Miller. Miller gets the puck, and he's got some room in front of him. He's got some open ice. He starts moving toward the Tampa Bay net. The Rangers are, you know, trying to create some kind of havoc in front of Vasilevsky. Once Miller starts getting a little bit closer, he lets the shot go. Tampa goes down and blocks the shot, but it goes right back to Keandre Miller, who's very alert, recovers his own block shot there, gets to the loose puck, lets it fly again, and beats Andre Vasilevsky and gives the Rangers a or excuse me, that was the that was the goal that tied the game at one to one. But something else uh, that's kind of come up as a point of discussion in these playoffs—it's something that involves Andre Vasilevsky, and we're going to talk about that and dissect that in just a second. But first, I just want to let everybody know today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including this year's basketball championship matchup, the NHL Hockey Conference Finals, Major League Baseball, and of course, all the latest fighting news from MMA and UFC to boxing. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, so Andre Vasilevsky, if he has a weakness, and I do not say that lightly, that's a big if. He is an excellent goalie. I know the Ranger fans are out there chanting Igor's better, and that's all well and good and everything. Uh, certainly you have to respect what Andre Vasilevsky has done the past couple of seasons, but if he does have a weakness, it clearly seems to be going high on his blocker side. There was a stat that ESPN showed. See, I'll, I'll give credit where it's due. I thought this was a really good stat for ESPN to show. really kind of helps contextualize everything. But they showed where Vasilevsky has been beaten in the playoffs, not just against the Rangers, but during Tampa's entire run, when he's given up a goal uh, where the puck has gone. And if you look at it, Vasilevsky has now allowed 18 goals high blocker. So... That is more than every other area combined, and nine of those high blocker goals that Andre Vasilevsky has allowed have come courtesy of the New York Rangers. And keep in mind, 
we're only two games into the series. The Rangers have gotten him nine times in two games by continuing to go high blocker side. And hey, if, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. If you're the Rangers and you feel like you've actually found a dent in this guy's armor, then by all means, continue to attack it. It is interesting because you know, the Rangers got on the power play and rare off night for the power play. They went 0 for 4. I wouldn't even really say it was an off night. They had some... I would say at least three of the four power plays were fairly dangerous. It's just one of those nights where the puck didn't go in the net. But if you watch Tampa on the PK there, it's pretty obvious they're keying on the Mika Zibanejad one-timer. We saw Mika rip a bunch of one-timers on the power play in game one. He scored on one of them, and, uh, you know, Tampa was certainly keying on that in this game. But, yeah, I mean, if you're the Rangers and you can shoot from that spot on the ice, that's awesome because that's the blocker side. And uh, I would look for the Rangers to hopefully try to set up Mika or anybody else on that side of the ice, uh, particularly on the power play. But, uh, we'll see it all, how it all shakes out. But again, if you feel like you've actually found any kind of a weakness in this guy's game, then by all means, continue to attack it. And I would look for the Rangers to continue to do that uh, the rest of this series here. You know, we talked about the other two Ranger goals that were scored in this game. We might as well go ahead and go for number three. And let me just say, Chris Kreider will never get an easier assist in his life than the one he got here. Because basically, the Rangers have the puck in the Tampa zone. You've got Kucherov trying to clear it. He plays it into the neutral zone, but uh, just kind of a weak play with the puck. And basically, hit Kreider on his backside. Adam Fox picks up the puck in the neutral zone, goes across the blue line. He's got Meek on his left. He passes to Mika. Mika rips another shot once again over the blocker. And that was a big-time insurance goal for the Rangers that, as it turned out, they definitely needed because uh, the last four minutes or so of this game were a little bit dicey. We're going to certainly break that down. For starters, you've got Tampa Bay pulling their goalie with 349 left and trailing by two goals. Now, trailing by one goal, that's far too early to be pulling your goalie. Trailing by two, I think that makes sense. There was a faceoff coming in the Rangers zone, and... You end up having the Lightning score with just over two minutes left. I believe 2.03 was the official time left in the game. Uh, Nick Paul basically just a hard charge to the net, carried it across the top of the crease and swept it into the net. That cuts the Ranger lead to 3-2 once again with just 2.03 left in the game. Uh, Vasilevsky goes back into the net. Eventually, uh, the Lightning get him back off the ice with about 110 remaining. And then you have a couple of wild scrambles and a couple of big-time money clutch saves by Igor Shesterkin. What else is new? He's at his best when the pressure is highest, it would seem. But Tampa was absolutely swarming. Again, just a lot of pressure. Steven Stamkos had two chances from in deep. He had Igor Shosturkin sliding over to his right, making a great sliding save on the second of those two opportunities. Stamkos basically just put it high and wide of the net on the first one. Uh, but what a save that was by Igor Shosturkin. And watching the play live, and I saw a couple of you guys mention this on Twitter as well, but I didn't even realize that that shot was on net. I thought the Rangers had blocked it. But no, Igor Shosturkin, once again, moving hard to his right, making a big-time clutch save to prevent the Lightning from potentially tying the game there and maybe even forcing overtime, which would have been a travesty because, yes, you know what? If Tampa scores two goals in the final four minutes, I can't sit here and say that they didn't, you know, earn the overtime period. But man, the Rangers were basically skating circles around these guys for 56 minutes. It would have really been unfortunate uh, for the Rangers to then have to play a sudden death overtime period to try to get the win here. Uh, but again, Igor Shesterkin, what else can you say? The guy's just absolutely phenomenal. I've basically exhausted all the different adjectives that I could use to describe him and how well he's played all season and certainly in the postseason as well. But just a Again, phenomenal save there. And Tampa actually missed the game-tying goal by just a matter of inches. You had a shot coming from uh, basically the center of the ice from back near the blue line, and it deflected off of Ke'Andre Miller and went wide of the far post. And watching this play live, I don't, you know, I knew it was kind of close. I don't know if I realized exactly how close that it was. Uh, couldn't have missed the post by much more than two or three inches, but uh, look, the Rangers are playing some excellent hockey, so uh, maybe, 
you know, you get a little bit of an unpredictable deflection there. Maybe the hockey gods are smiling on them at least a little bit. So obviously the Rangers maintain the lead there. I already mentioned that Tampa, uh, you know, they took their timeout with 37 seconds left. Stamkos versus Goudreau on the dot, and Goudreau wins it clean into the corner. Unfortunately, the Rangers, it was Goudreau, in fact, that took an icing not too long after that. So you get Stamkos versus Goudreau again. This time, Stamkos wins the puck back to Victor Hedman. Hedman took a shot, and again, this is the one that deflected just wide, bounced off of Ke'Andre Miller, and went just around the far post. But after that, uh, Truba lifts it softly out of the zone, and then the Lightning are offside with five seconds left. Uh, so the faceoff is in the neutral zone. The Rangers win that faceoff, just shoot the puck down the rink, and that's the game. And the Rangers lead two games to nothing. And again, I cannot stress this enough, guys. Stay humble about this. You know, the Rangers are doing a great job. I think they're proving a lot of people wrong. This series is a long, long way from over. I, I'll say the same thing now that I said when the Rangers were down 2 nothing against the Canes, that I said when the Rangers were down 3-2 to the Canes, that I said when the Rangers were down 3-1 to the Penguins. You never know how it's going to shake out. Obviously, we should be feeling good, be feeling confident in this team. Clearly, the Rangers are playing with a ton of confidence. Uh, but yeah, just obviously stay humble about this. And man, cannot wait for Game 3. Rangers playing, like I said, the best hockey that they've played all season. It's also the healthiest that they've been all season, which is not a coincidence. One of those things has quite a bit to do uh, with the other. And one other thing that I wanted to mention about the third period here before we call it a day, I like the Rangers game in this third period here. They scored a goal less than two minutes into the third. They've got the two-goal lead. I think there were times earlier in this postseason run where the Rangers were kind of sitting back a little bit. And, you know, it's a delicate balance because you want to be defensively responsible and certainly not be giving up any odd man rushes when you've got a multiple-goal lead in the third period. By that same token, you don't want to just play the entire uh, 20 minutes on your side of the ice. I thought the Rangers, they did a nice job handling that delicate balance. They were still pretty strong on the forecheck. They were defensively responsible and no quality chances for Tampa Bay down the stretch. Uh, not that many, at least, uh, until they once again pulled Vasilevsky with a little bit less than four minutes left. Then they got their chances. But, you know, there could be a silver lining in all that because obviously Tampa scored a late goal. They came close to even tying it. I think it's a good reminder for this New York Ranger team of just what you're up against. They are not going to go away. Uh, they are the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions for a reason, and they have threats up and down that lineup, and they obviously gave themselves a chance late in that game, but credit to the Rangers because they bent but didn't break. It's also really nice to have, you know, first and foremost, an excellent goalie, secondarily, uh, very good defenseman to have on the ice in a spot like that at the end of the game, but then also some really good defensive forwards, whether it's Barclay Goodrow or Tyler Mott or Mika Zibanejad or Chris Kreider. There's a lot of guys the Rangers can put out there, Andrew Kopp, uh, guys that they can put out there, and you feel really, really good about it, and the chances of the Rangers, uh, you know, ultimately hanging on for the victory, which is what they did. And now we move on to game three and looking to take a stranglehold on this series. Cannot wait to see what happens when the Rangers play the Lightnings on Sunday afternoon at 3 p.m. That's another thing. This is the only game in this series that will start uh, not at 8 p.m. It will start at 3 p.m. So make sure you're aware of that for sure. And one other thing that I wanted to mention here, you know, we did the crossover with my buddy Adam Danker. You know, him and me go back to uh, our time working at NHL.com as well as MLB.com. Really good friend of mine, big Lightning fan. And obviously, uh, you know, he's gotten a chance to really enjoy what the Lightning have done in recent history, winning two straight Stanley Cups there. But if you guys remember, we did a post-game show after game one. Adam said Lightning in five, which surprised me. On one hand, I give him a ton of... Uh, credit for sticking to his guns there and obviously uh, going with what he felt was going to happen, but I just didn't see it shaking out that way. I didn't think there was any way that uh, Tampa could beat uh, the Rangers in general, but certainly Igor Shesterkin in four consecutive games, and Rangers have put themselves in a really good situation here, but again, got to keep the 
pedal to the metal. If the Rangers keep playing like this, the sky's the limit. And I think you guys know what I'm talking about. The only other thing I want to mention here, any listeners that we have in Florida, because we do have some, obviously, uh, you know, there's some people that live in the Northeast that end up moving down to Florida. And I can always check the uh, the charts and see, you know, where everybody's listening to this podcast from. We got a good amount of Ranger fans in Florida. I, I think that's pretty much the long and short of it. Make sure you guys get yourselves to Emily Arena, four games, three and four in Tampa. We want another invasion, just like when the Rangers took over uh, Game 7 on the road against the Carolina Hurricanes. I want to hear chants of Igor's better on the road. I want to hear let's go Ranger chants. I want to hear people just into the game and enthusiastic. I want to hear people singing the Ranger goal song after they score a goal on the road here against Tampa. So make sure you go out there and represent. If we can give the boys uh, any kind of an edge possible, I mean, I don't think Ranger fans are going to flat out outnumber Lightning fans in that building, but if they can even make it close, uh, that's obviously a mini win for the Rangers, and hopefully they can feed off of uh, the Ranger fans on the road just like they certainly do at home in Madison Square Garden. But that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. In our next episode, we're going to talk about everything that happens between the Rangers and Lightning in Game 3. Now make your second listen Locked On NHL. Locked On NHL covers the playoffs like no other. Hear the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts.